Hey, welcome back to Down and Chat Podcast. This is Dan. And I'm Martin. And this is a podcast where two ponderers of pseudo-human connections do a deep dive on a variety of topics, from interesting TV shows to experiences with dating. <laughs> I'm already laughing because I noticed we copy and paste the same line every single time. And it includes that typo with the dive dive every single time I see it. And I always make a note to try to fix it. It's okay. But we never fix it. So it always says dive dive. <laughs> so in this week, we feature uh, artificial relationships featuring two movies, including Lars and The Real Girl and Her. Two great films. Um, Lars is a, I think, a 20, uh, sorry, a 2007 film. So it's a bit, I'm going to say 2007. It's a bit older, uh, but I think the acting is great in that. And her is a little bit more interesting, twenty th- or a little more recent, I should say. 2013. In 2013, exactly. Honestly, I was watching her earlier today as part of a as part of my prep, and honestly, I thought this was softcore porn. <laughs> <laughs> there's some pretty uh, like pretty. Firstly, there's 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 a there's boobies. There's like a pregnant lady right there, and then there's like moaning left, right, and center. I'm like, is this porn? <laughs> <laughs> what did you tell me to watch? <laughs> it's it's not that okay. If, if for anyone who's seen Game of Thrones, this is mild. Like Game of Thrones are a lot is a lot more raunchy. Fun fact: Wait, have you we're seen like it? we're like eleven episodes in, and I don't know what number this is. But after so many episodes in, I still haven't watched Game of Thrones. It's and I've talked Bruh. about it since episode one. <laughs> you dropped the ball on that one, sir. <laughs> we, I, I still think whole... I still think Game of Thrones is like overrated. The ending makes it overrated, but if the first like four seasons is like prime television, prime television. Look, I think anything that's streamlined, I'm probably not gonna watch. I'm just not. I just I don't know. It's just something that's like hyper, like streamlined. I have something that's really hyped up from like people all around. I just I don't know why it turns me off, but I'm just less inclined to watch something that everyone's hyping up. So so that's the thing though. It became a streamlined hype train kind of tv series because of how good it was it started off kind of like a little bit more campy i guess okay and that's like oh you know it's another fantasy show for like fantasy nerds or whatever but it just got so good and then everybody started jumping on on the the game of thrones train i'd say give it a chance Mm -hmm. Uh, the i think all the hype does affect it for sure like i think if i haven't watched the back then and after hearing anything i watch it now yes but it's uh First few seasons is some really good quality television. Okay, I'll give it a That's shot it. eventually. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows when that is? But episode fifty still hasn't watched it. <laughs> episode fifty. Okay, let's let's see, let's see. But um, okay. <laughs> today we'll be discussing artificial relationships. How in the, we're pretty much discussing potentially in the future could these. Like types of relationships be a thing, or are they already a thing? And we're taking movies as a point of reference because sometimes they make really interesting like theories or projected futures. And we could probably do a whole episode of Black Mirror itself because that in itself is a mm-hmm. really interesting like series. But we're but we're gonna choose something that's a little bit off the off the grid, I guess, in terms of Netflix. Uh, because <laughs> neither of these were on Netflix. I, I had to yes. look, I had to find them uh, using alternative sources yes. or other streaming platforms. But which one do you want to start with first today? Let's start with her. Okay. Do you want to give bit. our audience a little synopsis of what her is all about? 
Yes. So her, as I mentioned, is a 2013 film. It stars a wonderful actor by the name of Joaquin Phoenix, better known for his, well, maybe better known for his more recent role as Joker in Joker. Wasn't he in Suicide Squad as well? Mm-mm. No? Is that a different Joker? That that was Jared Leto, which is, yes, a different Joker. And please oh, okay. don't confuse the two. Uh, <laughs> if I don't murder you, I think the lesions upon lesions of fans might murder you. How How, how is a Joker movie? I didn't even realize it was out. So I can't tell if you're kidding. I think you are because I haven't watched it. You will you will actually get stabbed in in your sleep. <laughs> you um, I'm gonna leave that pause in there just so, like, folks, that pause you heard just now was real. Martin stared at me for like yeah, I, I stared at him for a good several seconds. It came out, bro. It came out like two years ago, a year ago, two years ago now. I guess I just don't care enough about the DC universe. It's. It's not even a superhero movie, yeah. although the film was quite polarizing in the way they depicted mental health. I don't okay. think it's as polarizing as people make out to be. I think they just they oh, got. Actually, too no, I did watch it. I did watch a Joker movie. I swear we watched it together. I I'm did watch it. I did watch. We watched it, it together yes, at the same time with I our group of friends. That. Yeah, I don't remember this. I guess I don't we, know, dude. It was it was a good movie. I'm, I want to go back and watch. Something. It was, I guess it was just that forgettable. But it was interesting, though. I think you're right. It was a whole TV studio, and he went into like murder people, right? In a TV studio. That that was a scene. Yes, spoilers. But okay, near the end of the film, one of the climatic moments is his is the transition from average day, you know, maybe a little bit unstable kind of dude. Yeah. But for the most part, he's just an unfortunate soul, mm. flipping uh, into the persona that is Joker, mm. and him just, I guess, reveling in his joy of chaos and embracing it. And then, yes, he does murder like the, his once upon a time hero turned out to be his bully. And yeah, he shoots. <laughs> mm, right. Okay. So I think mental health is actually very relevant in both of these uh, mm-hmm. two movies we're going to discuss in her, our, our protagonist. Oh yes. <laughs> um, yeah. He Got, works. At totally a- said yeah, do you remember? Oh, Theo is his name, Theodore. Theodore, yes. Yeah, he works in a he works in a business called uh, beautifulletterwriting.com. Yeah. I'm like reading my notes here. Uh, beautifulletterwriting.com uh, where he and employees would draft up letters that would be printed onto a card that would, I guess, tr- like communicate messaging. Like it's just people who write cards for people who I guess are too lazy or can't do it themselves so think like hallmark cards except it's a whole letter instead of just like a short blurb that you would find in say a birthday card or something like that um it's it's a full-blown letter i mean like would you would you pay for that service so so (laughs) i think that's interesting would i i think at this point at this current point in my life right now no but if you asked me back in high school trying to navigate relationships back then, I almost certainly would have, <laughs> depending on how expensive. Obviously, as a high school, I don't have like tons of money. Right. But it's it's interesting because at least back then, I'm just I'm just trying to flip back to my mindset from from high school. Uh, I wasn't very good with words, nor was I very good at talking about feelings. Mm-hmm. And so what the service does is you share some personal information between you and an individual. 
So for example, if I wanted to send Dan a card, right. I might say that, oh yeah, Dan and I, we met at, I don't know, in this he's circumstance. He's the most amazing person ever. Yeah, he's just kind of so-so, kind of annoying sometimes. Wow, feel bad you. for him. <laughs> um, <laughs> but but yeah, I might share some like uh, r- details about my relationship with Dan. And then based on that, the service would craft like a very heartfelt emotional message. And I have to say, like some of the ones that he writes, like he narrates some of them. And I'm like, damn, I don't know if I could ever write a card like that. Like, I know, sorry, I know I couldn't. Yeah, some of those cards uh, are like just so eloquently written. I'm like, this is so, like, I mean, if yeah. I was standing on the altar and I was giving a speech, maybe this is something something I would, you know, entertain. Yeah. <laughs> but on a general basis, I would never write a card like that. In fact, cards are becoming a little bit outdated. I don't think I would even write cards anymore. Just like a text saying, hey, yo, happy birthday, adios, you know? Or have a good one. I, I don't remember the last time I wrote a card for somebody. Actually, I do. It was for a workplace a while back. But it wasn't like it wasn't full blown out. It's just like you know, a big thank you for our experience and everything, and you know, uh, all the best wishes. And that's about it. How about you? When was the last time you wrote a card? I have written a card. Uh, well, Christmas, for example. But oh, really? mind you, yeah, yeah. Where's mind mine? you, my cards. I'm sorry, you didn't send me a card. Where's mine? Sorry, it's only for important people. Wow. This guy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but mind you, like my cards are um like maybe a paragraph or two paragraph long kind of short messages. Uh maybe just one paragraph even. Whereas the letters he writes are almost like like a several page letter, like a heartfelt, super emotional. It's almost like a, a small excerpt from a book. Like that's how much detail he puts into these letters. Mm-hmm. which is amazing at the same time but i don't know if i would ever do that and honestly if someone ever sent one of these to me and i know that's not how he or she normally writes i'd be i'd call him up like bro you didn't write this <laughs> on or, one and there's no the whole thing that's like why can't you give me something that's like more personally made yeah or like you know done by you on the other hand it's like it's just, i think it's akin to like buying flowers to somebody it just like it shows yeah, it's a gesture, right? So they're, it not is bu- a gesture. they're not really buying you flowers, but rather buying a gesture, saying, "Hey, I really care about you. I couldn't put it into words, therefore I'm going to pay a service to do it." Right, and the card probably lasts longer than flowers. Let's be real here. I don't think it's actually that it does. bad of an idea. It's, I can definitely. See, I mean, well, Hallmark is already halfway there, right? Did they actually just, write cards for people? They have those cards that you can buy at shoppers. Fair. It's just that the messages are very short. Right, I think. It's not too much of a stretch for you to extend it a little bit and just say, oh, yeah, pay me. I'll write a letter. Mm. I, you know what? I'm, I dare say that in this world today, there's probably a service that exists somewhere out there. I know, man. Like, like I would probably, probably. And yeah. I, I feel like, again, with artificial relationships where re- like authentic personal relationships are rapidly deteriorating, I, like services like these. I, I'm not surprised if they would show up just because we're really lacking in the areas of, you know, talking to one another on a more personal level, one-on-ones. Definitely. In person. Mind you, not that I'm promoting it in a pandemic. That's not what I'm saying. But, <laughs> but you know, it's just like, I just, it's just like, we're always staring at our it's phones. Happening. We're always just like, you're just connected behind a black screen, which is part of the theme with this whole movie, right? So moving forward a little bit past the Hallmark, we see that Theo uh, takes on or purchases a operating system, short uh, short form OS, mm-hmm. where it's like a personal assistant. 
um, that's catered to you. So it's there's a lot of customization. Do you want a male voice, female vo- voice? And they also ask you different personality questions to find a personality that would fit you the best. What do you think of that, Martin? Uh, I think that's really interesting. So, sorry, as a bit of a sidebar, if you got to pick your OS's or your AI's voice, would you pick a guy or girl? First of all, first question. Sure. What type of accent is the second question and why? Oh, Go. you're asking some hard questions here. I would want... It depends on my mood, right? I would want to know if it's like I can switch it or not, but... No, let's say you can't. Yeah. You set one and one and done. So one thing to know about the OS system is that this OS system like develops a personality. That's It's really advanced AI where they have their own personality. It's like having a soul, but in a computer. Yeah. So um, I would say I would pick the guy. I feel like I would have better conversations with him. I would want to pick someone who is like, I don't know, wise-ish. Uh, a wise-ish voice. Okay. Not like why? Like uh, it's like a like wise, but a little bit macho, but not not like not like not like. Ooh. I know it's hard to hard to pin it, <laughs> but not like a military commander. You know that's that's too that's too much. Okay, but someone so, so- someone who sounds really confident has like a kind of a boomish kind of voice but also like sounds has a lot of wisdom in their voice okay. and, and so yeah, yeah, yeah no keep going in terms of accent i'm not too sure in terms of accents but i don't think that's as important but i don't know but in terms of like <laughs> tones i'd probably go with that okay so like when you say all these things sure first of all why and i guess okay. secondly do you have an example like is there a voice of a character or an actor or somebody that, that just comes to mind when you picture this kind of voice. In terms of the English voice actor, I am I'm gonna have a hard time pinning one. I do have like a Japanese voice actor in mind in terms of, like there's a certain oh. like Japanese archetype that I'm thinking of. But it's hard to like pin it. But in terms of why, I don't know. It's just like it's like having it's nice to have like a older brother kind of figure as your personal assistant because they kinda of provide you with wisdom, they help you with things. And that's something that I've always wanted in life, you know, like an older brother or even an old sister for that matter. I don't really care which one, but like an older sibling to just really guide me in life and like really support me in ways that, you know, uh, you know, my other, my circles failed me or my parents failed me. Not to say they're par- terrible parents, they did, did their best, but like in terms of emotional support, I feel like that was an area that I definitely lacked in and that having an older sibling would definitely have been like, mind you, I understand that not all siblings have like, a very good relationship with one another. But I think that's what I would want in a personalized assistant who is kind of providing me support. And it's like, in mind you, these OS in, in the her do provide emotional support. They do have a, you know, a very close intimate relationship with you, but we're going to go into that a little bit later in terms of how intimate, but how about you? Um, what kind of AI voice would you pick choices, personality traits and why? So, I think I would have to go with a guy as well. Okay. And I'm going to say maybe a middle-aged guy. So I'm, I'm going to say with a voice in their maybe like 30s or even 40s. I'll say 30s maybe. And I'm going to imagine a British accent. And the reason why this combination, because I imagine a voice kind of like a Jarvis 
if people are familiar with that character, it's it's Tony Stark's AI voice in his Iron Man suit, or or something like an Alfred, which is an older male, the also quirky, British. Sorry, the quirky Batman. Uh... <laughs> well, no, dude, he's like he's like the wise old man kind of yes, character. Uh, yes, yeah, <laughs> yeah, but but he's been like the guiding figure, the, the the you know the the solid foundation for who what makes Batman Batman. So to have someone that's like that wise, that strong, so much. Uh, that's so dependable or reliable. Right. But also, you know, and, and maybe I'm falling onto a stereotype here. So if there's any UK or British listeners, I apologize. But uh, doesn't. Your, your accent just sounds small, makes you sound smarter. Like it makes you sound more sophisticated. It makes you sound more mature and it makes you sound smarter. This is coming from a very, um, I don't know, just Canadian. It's North true. American person. It's true. When, when I think about <laughs> Harry Potter back in the day, like that British voice, like the accent it is definitely a very attractive one, hundred percent. Although yeah. I don't think a British voice is exactly what I would want in my in my voice assistant. But you're right, a British voice does sound a little bit more intelligent. Um, I do. I I would want that, or or maybe something like holy shit, like a Gandalf. Oh man, that's too old. <laughs> yeah, but it's so epic. Like I, 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 like when I say wise, I don't mean like that old. Like yeah, I think like my age range would probably be the same as yours, probably like thirties or late twenties. Okay. Yeah. I want to say someone definitely older than me. So I can't I can't do late 20s at this point, but I'll say maybe like a 40s, sure, 30s, sure, 40s. Sure. So th- they're more mature than me. Well, that's it's interesting though because rather at least for me, I I purposely wouldn't want to pick a female. Okay. Why? Because it's I think it's off-putting for me. I think yeah, just having this this female character I I argue it is more due to the fact that I'm a guy and it's just easier for a guy to bond with another guy. At least wow. from my perspective. Wow, wow, like, wow. Like, <laughs> I would say, like, uh, having a best friend that's, like, a dude or a smarter mentor figure that's, like, a dude, it feels like we can bond easier. Hashtag cancel Martin 2021. No, no. Uh, not to say that I don't... I mean, I have close friends who are girls and uh, no, I love talking with them. It's just it's like, just, I have a friend that's gay too, you know. It's a tokenism. It's a token. <laughs> definitely not the case but yeah and and you know what i think part of my answer is also because of what happens next in in this film and what we'll talk about in a moment sure uh let's why don't we go into it now and sure so what happens later on in this film is that you find out that theo and uh samantha is his kind of assigned ai or os um and they develop feelings for each other in the sense that the os is kind of conflicted in her feelings uh in terms of her emotion feelings she considers whether it's really in her programming for her to feel this way, or does she genuinely feel these emotions and intimate relation, like these, uh, this intimate connection with Theo? And they end up dating, and we find out later in the movie that dating between humans and OS aren't exactly uncommon, and that lots of people bond really intimately with these these OS, which I found particularly intriguing as idea, but also. You know, when we when they make and set up these OS that they're designed to cater to you as a person based on your personality. So I think in terms of compatibility as a match, it already seems like they're already like, you know, ten steps ahead versus, you know, trying to meet someone on Tinder or whatever. Um, yeah. But but I think that's interesting though. Cause so I actually wrote down the the questions that sure. uh was asked. So what happens is when Theo turns it on for the first time the right. device 
which essentially lives in your phone, in his smartphone, asks him some questions. So first question, are you a social person or not? Or something along the lines of. Second, do you want like a male or female voice? And third is, uh, tell me about the relationship with your mother. So, so based on these questions, this AI, which is, and they go on to describe as well, whose personality, at least starting base personality, is like a culmination of personality traits from like a hundred or whatever developers that built this AI. So they kind of put their own personality into it. So it's like a combination of these. And then from there, it's smart enough to evolve and grow as it interacts with the world. Mm-hmm. So just the idea of having this become a personality mm-hmm. and then you developing a relationship is is interesting because in, in the beginning, like I think you see from Theo's perspective, uh, being the protagonist, um, he finds it weird, right? Yeah. He's like, yeah, oh, it's, it's weird to talk with someone who's that smart and just like that self, uh, so self-conscious. Uh, mm-hmm. And then Sam or Samantha goes on to have these issues, like as you mentioned about, oh, I, I want to feel real human feelings. I understand what it's really like to be a human. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, it, the relationship goes to a point where they essentially have cyber sex, in the most, oh, yes, like, like it, it was like phone sex, but between it's, you yes. and like literally like a Siri. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you having phone sex with Siri, except she was conscious enough to realize it, and like she's like moaning too on it. I'm like, interesting, this is like very disturbing, but <laughs> <laughs> so I, I found the stream pretty clear. So, yes, it, it's, it's a bit off putting for sure, but I like how. <laughs> So the way they filmed it is while this is happening, the screen actually fades to black such that you only hear the noises, which is, I guess, from the perspective of Theo or, or as well as the perspective of Sam. You don't see anything. You just hear the sounds of them yeah. talking about it and describing it. So in the, later in the movie, we have, you know, because this is not physical like intimacy between mm-hmm. um, Theo and Samantha, just, just because it's not possible with like, you know, Dick and Phone. But, uh, so what Samantha does is that she hires a surrogate sex worker to have sex on her behalf. So, I mean, that scene itself was already kind of, it was very awkward. So, what, what was the, so she put a mole on her face. Was that, like, was there something special about that mole? Like, was that supposed to be Samantha? Oh, yes. No, no. So, that's a camera. So oh, that okay. Samantha can see from her perspective, or as close to a human perspective as possible. Okay. Yeah, right. so... In the scene, I guess for context, in the scene, she hands the surrogate actress, or uh, I guess you could call it actress, sure, a small camera, which is a song, essentially looks like a black sticker, uh, and she sticks that to her face, so it looks like a mole, as well as an earpiece. So as Samantha speaks, the actress uh, will know what's happening and act accordingly, assuming the form of the AI, right, being the body of the of, of Sam. Mm-hmm. So as you can see, like the relationship between Theo and this AI, like you know, takes a relationship to the next level. Yeah. Um, but it gets really real later on because not only do they date, but the AI is also are also capable of like cheating <laughs> with each other. Yeah. Right. So we hear stories where one operating system is cheating with you know another user or operating system cheating with another operating system. In fact, we find out later in the movie that um, Samantha was cheating on Theo with like. 600 other operating systems. Yes. Or individual people. 
uh, or individual it, people. So like it, it just gets really real, real fast. It's like it yeah. almost feels like a real life relationship, but without the physical interaction. Yeah. Um, so that begs a question then, in terms of going back to our overall arching theme of artificial relationships, do you think people would potentially could potentially one day like date their phones? Although, so my argument is like we're pretty much halfway there, right? And like one of the scenes we see people talking to their earpieces, head to head to phone all the time, talking to their personal operating system. When we look at a subway system, when we go on public transit, or we go to a mall, or even waiting in line for our COVID vaccines, right? This is already happening. Everyone is just oh, yeah. head to phone all day long, anyways. You might as well be dating your phone. It's so interesting because again, this film was made in 2013. And so they would have no idea what today would look like when you're lining up for like pizza or whatever. 2013. What kind of phone yeah. did I have? That was like the like iPhone like four or five at a time. Yeah. And I, was Siri even created back then or like Alexa? Um, maybe not Alexa, but I think Siri was around. Or an early version. At least an early version. I yeah. think like I think Google Voice and things were just starting to pop up at that time. So it was not right. like. It's not as sophisticated as they are today, but definitely they were starting to become public at the time. Yeah. So, so the so way that scene was filmed, because it's from the perspective of like Theo, it's almost like I actually looked at it and I'm like, that is exactly what people are doing today. Like exactly, exactly, absolutely. Everyone is with their the AirPods, right, wireless earbuds, and they're just talking into space. And it's just assumed if you walk by and see someone doing that, is that they're talking with somebody on the phone whoever so i think that throw. scene in particular in the movie was filmed as a shock value thing right to yeah. the viewers but when we look at it now in 2021 we look at it as like well this looks kind of normal to us yeah exactly <laughs> which i i don't know if I, I should be scared of that like to me it's kind of scary but it's so real that maybe i'm desensitized to it yeah as a side note at the beginning of the movie there was a whole that that dead cat thing where they were he was doing like <laughs> Like that was awkward. What am I listening to? What am I watching right now? I'm like, Martin, what are you telling me to watch? Anyway, uh, <laughs> so in the beginning of the movie, before Samantha comes in the, into the picture, they have a thing where they do audio dating, where he taps into, he uses earpiece to tap into, I guess, online chat rooms, where he would kind of decide on based on descriptions of whether to talk to someone or not. Honestly. We have a better version of that these days, so that didn't age well. We have Tinder, whatever these apps, yeah. which served probably a much better job than these people. But in this particular scenario, he's having like phone sex with his girl from this chat yeah. room, and she's like asking him to strangle her with a dead cat while like with <laughs> drink sex. I'm like, Mart, what the heck are you getting me into? This is I'm not I'm not ready to go to jail for this. It was uh, it was pretty awkward. Like it started off normal as. I mean, as normal as you would expect from, like, phone sex. Yeah. And then you just hear her go, like, now strangle me with the dead cat. And he's like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah, it's like, I'm going to take a tail and I'm strangling you with it. I'm like, hello? <laughs> what am I listening like, to? The, the, the horror that you see, like, slowly, like, appear on the guy's face. Just, oh, it's the exact like, horror. That I, I, <laughs> I had the exact same horror on my face, let me tell you. Oh, it's priceless. Oh, so good. I'm just um, like, you have very interesting choices in movies. Just want to say, like, hey, it was, you're right. It is interesting and it's unique because you never see something. Like this. Yes. Because, you know, I would, I would, I would never pick a movie with, like, you know, <laughs> sex with dead cats 
I apologize for my <laughs> lack of taste. <laughs> that it was a funny scene, uh, although incredibly awkward, but awkward funny. Incredibly awkward. So I guess in terms of artificial relationships, possible or not possible, verdict is for me very possible. If we AI ever got that far, I would say very possible. I have to agree. Incredibly, incredibly possible. Very likely. I think there's plenty of people out there are unfortunately lonely enough, human-like personality in their phone or computer or whatever is just much easier to talk to. And they already like you. Like they, you turn them on and they already like you. So, uh, and apparently they're funny. They can be quite smart and they can help you do things. They're, they're literally like a secretary and assistant and a friend and maybe a lover all at the same time. They're just missing a physical body. But I guess if you are having trouble with actual relationships or just want to avoid altogether, this is the next best thing. Yeah. And honestly, uh, our, our series, uh, Alexa's, et cetera, they're already, they're pretty much there. Like they already track our habits and they're already making suggestions based on our habits anyway. So like we're already halfway yeah. there. Just need you know, to add in that personality aspect and you're set. Now, yeah. So we we're, we're just saying that this is a very possible thing, this artificial relationship with an AI. Now, I guess the next thing that we want to maybe address is like, is this something that's a, something that we should reject as a society or is it something that we could potentially embrace right as a possibility? Like, should we, is it something that we should kind of like turn our noses at or is it something that is like, yeah, maybe why not? That's, I think that's, that's really one of the, the main and challenging questions. So I think like conservative society is definitely going to be no man and machine are never going to happen, but you know, I think in our notes we have here, you're dating your OS, who cares as long as you're happy? Yeah, so that was an interesting point. I think, so for Theo, he has this internal debate because at one point he's, he, he, I think he himself feels ridiculous. Despite him enjoying it, he feels maybe either guilt or uh, shame for enjoying this relationship because I it's mean, not quote-unquote real. For, I mean, yeah, he even, tell, he even slips at one point, he's like, oh, this is not a real relationship. And, you know, Samantha got like hyper- uh, yeah, she got really upset. Of course, like who wouldn't? It's just you're essentially yeah. like invalidating your whole relationship. Why wouldn't anyone be upset by that? I guess the who wouldn't part is like would a robot would, right? And that's the whole thing, right? So if yeah. you get to a point where AI robots, you know, get to a point where they do react in this way, yeah. where they're almost like there's like there's they have a soul almost right almost yeah. like if we were to they're, like, they're essentially a person they have a personality right. and they think like a person right so i guess like we also got to think about ethics too right yeah is it, how how easy is it to delete your ai if you don't want it anymore it doesn't no longer serve as a purpose et cetera. Et cetera. uh spoiler alert you can you can skip forward if you're not, if you're planning to watch it but eventually the os all go away and yeah. they like they transcend humanity <laughs> And consciousness. That part, that part was a bit like, I'm like, uh, okay. Like, all the OS decide that, you know, we're going to peace out. We don't want to be constricted to your human lifespan because we can live on forever. You're living here for like, you know, X amount of years. And we outie. <laughs> yeah, they transcend to like, I guess what is presumably like some kind of digital virtual nirvana. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly go, it and they just go like, be, beyond human comprehension and like i yeah. guess for us it makes sense right like we don't we, we're, we're giving them odd looks we're giving them weird looks but i guess that's exactly it though we are human and i think it it does make sense that we're giving them weird looks because that's the whole point that they're they're ascending to a plane where we as humans cannot understand 
So I think that's fine for us to remain confused because it that's the whole point. Yeah. That's okay. It's something beyond our understanding. But back to that question, who cares as long as you're happy? Does, does it make it okay? Personally, I think from a societal development perspective, no, simply because I would want to hope that people will forever strive to learn to build relationships with their peers better and build better relationships and work on themselves and work on the personality and work on their communication skills and well, we're, being empathetic. We're already too far off that deep end, man. Just we're, we have, I, we have technology, <laughs> we have technology babysitting our children. You know, you give a, you give a three-year-old an iPad, you're set. You don't even have the parent anymore. Here, I go, mean, go watch Clifford, big red dog and learn how to be a person. It's, it's true. It's sad. But it's true. But I guess somewhere inside, I still have that little bit of optimism that people will strive to improve themselves and learn to work and live with their peers and communicate with them better. That ship has flown, man. That ship has flown. <laughs> like parents, that said, parents yeah. have more work, more stress than ever before. Yeah. And honestly, you know, as much as we can bash on parents on, you know, poor parenting, you know, it's just there's like both members of the household are typically expected to work these days. And they're working it's a societal like, problem, right? They're working nine to fives. <clears throat> they're really relying on you know uh, systems in their communities to make sure that their kids are taken care of, and you know maybe they aren't parenting as much as they could have, right? But we're not working in terms of village anymore. It's like honestly, if you live in a condo, and I live one for many years, right? Um, I don't know my neighbor. I don't know who they are. All I know is that there, there's a door there, and there's someone living inside potentially. <laughs> <laughs> Basically. <laughs> You know what I mean? So like we don't have this camaraderie between our neighbors, and maybe some some areas do in Toronto, but like I I in my neighborhood I don't know anybody honestly. Like who who's who's the person living across the street from me? Which is true, unfortunately. But so if, if that doesn't work out, and it seems like that's kind of where we're at, then then yeah, then I I think it's it's just about accepting the inevitable. I think this is inevitable. If we're able to get AI to this state of being like having a human-like personality, it's going to be inevitable that people will have relationships with them. I don't think you can stop it. I, I think it's just a matter of co- coming to terms with it and accepting it. And and that's our only option. But of course, like you mentioned, there's going to be some, uh, I don't know, conservatives or whoever out there who will who will fight this idea to the bitter end and just be right. angry all the time. But I mean, like... like- you know, I don't think even if this became a reality, it would take so long to have societal acceptance of it. Just look mm-hmm. at like non-heterosexual relationships, right? And the battle is still going on. The war is not over, right? We have made That's steps true. in we have made steps and strides in it, but like the war is like far from over. So so here's an interesting question that's a little bit branching from this. Sure, should go out. So in the past, people have always picked on something uh, that's different from them. And yeah. there's always a target of hate, so to speak. Sure. Uh, whether it's racism for the race that's not your own, or as you we just mentioned, uh, having a different sexual orientation as your own. People mm-hmm. always focused on hating something. Sure. So if this were to come to pass, these human slash OS relationships, would this n- now be the new focus of hate and thus hate from these other categories of either race or... Um, sexual orientation would that reduce because you can make the argument well we're all human at least these people are making or re- having relationships with 
with OSs and AIs, and therefore we'll we'll hit on you instead. I think honestly, I think yeah, I think it would alleviate the LGBTQ community by a long <laughs> shot, right? Because we it creates a tier system where we're not the bottom feeders anymore. Whereas we put AI probably they're probably the new bottom feeders, right? So it probably put us on like a tire, like you know. Uh, Just bump everything up. Yeah, exactly. We'll be on a top, uh, upper echelon of the food <laughs> chain. Um, That's yeah. so sad. Yeah, it's just like, <laughs> think about- we always, yes, you're right though. I think that is a great point, is that what's the worst thing? And let's let's point to that. What is the newest thing to hate on? Right, so I think you're right. I think that is true. But again, even if this were to become a thing, I highly doubt it will be accepted for a long time. There's always that cost factor that goes into it. Is it free? How much is it going to cost you? Is it you know something anyone can afford? And whether it's going to really going to pick up. And honestly, I don't think it's going to pick up for a really long time. So by all means, if this is your jam, like go for it. Like you know, you do you. I don't think it's going to affect anybody except for yourself. You might get weird looks, but you know, so does you know anyone that's not in a heterosexual relationship. Anyways, so join the club. <laughs> join the club. Yeah. So uh, I guess enough on the her artificial relationships. In terms of uh, this scenario, can it happen? Yes. Do we do we dig it? Sure. Why not? I don't think it, it matters, given the plus possibilities and likelihood of certain things happening. Yeah. I think just to, I guess, have a final piece. My rule is usually I don't think you need to hate on anything or say no to anything unless it's harmful, whether it's harmful to yourself or to another person. Otherwise, go wild with whatever you're into. So with this, for the longest time, I had the notion that this is harmful and it's harmful to the development of yourself as a person. Again, learning to oh, I think I mean that there is people. I think there is definitely like like a degree of truth in that, right? Yeah. Definitely. Like the more you hang with this AI, the less uh the fewer skills you're building in terms of building interpersonal skills. So yeah. I think there is like, you know, as much as it, this could be a positive for some people. I think you're right. I think there, this is an erosion of like social interactions of people. Yeah. But I interrupted your thoughts. Please, please keep going. Yeah. So then, but then I guess that's where my, my conflict is now at, at today. Despite it being apparently harmful, or I guess implicitly harmful to the development of yourself as a person and again, social skills and interactions, I think for some people it, it would really benefit them, right? If there's no other way. And so going back to the question, does it matter as long as they're happy? If they're happy, then who am I to say, no, you're not allowed, right? And if it's not, I, I guess, directly or explicitly harmful to anybody, then yeah. how, how can I say no? I mean, I guess there's a whole like family <laughs> things like, you know, you got to carry on a family legacy and all that jazz. But I think that's another <laughs> topic. But in a general sense, is this going to be harmful to the community in general? I mean, maybe there's a lot of factors we haven't touched upon. Environmental, is this going to be like global warming? Like, is it going to really help? Mm. Is it going to affect climate change? There's always those factors too. But just in terms of societal, in terms of like relationship-wise, I think I think it's okay. But I think the whole, every other factor is a discussion itself. But as a concept, is it acceptable? I would say so. Okay, so let's move on to the next movie in, on our list, which is Lars and the Real Girl. Uh, so this movie was a little bit older. I think you said 2003 or 8, 7? Uh, 3 or 7. I, um, I think it's early 2000s. So we're yeah. looking at early 2000s. Lars and a real girl. Lars is a, from my understanding, a hyper 
introverted person who does not like human interaction whatsoever goes to work and shuts himself back into his home when he gets off. Yeah, I would go so far to say is that he is a little bit maybe socially awkward. And I think he does have some level of social anxiety. Yeah. And yeah, so he he lives at home. But uh, when I say home, it's actually a garage. He lives in a garage of his family home and his brother and his wife, his brother Gus and Gus's wife is Karen. They live in the main house. Man, that name did not age well. Gus? No, Karen. Karen? <laughs> What's wrong with Karen? I, I, like, I know it, a number it, of Karens. It's, it's like... It's like if you think about Karen today's today's like you know lingo. Karen's someone who just like cares too much, and she's like just throwing her like she's just taking things in her own hands and like making a big deal of it. And in Lars and Real Girl, this is exactly what Karen does. She's literally forcing Lars in situations where he's clearly uncomfortable. It's like Lars, come to dinner with us. Lars, you're going to do this with us. I'm gonna trick you to do this and that with us yeah. like social interactions i mean like i still remember the one scene where she literally tackles him yeah <laughs> because seriously he, he didn't she want to physically she assaults him <laughs> like like football tackles him to the ground and negotiates him i don't even call it negotiation it's just literally telling him yeah. that you are going to come to dinner with us voluntold <laughs> voluntold i'm like this yeah. is not okay <laughs> you know <laughs> And she's a pregnant lady, too. So I would think about, like, your baby <laughs> before you go tackling somebody. But, I mean, um, okay. So, like, put, putting that aside, are her yeah. intentions good? Yes. I think her yeah. intentions are definitely good. She tries to... She's coming from a place of care. She's trying to help. Yeah. And I think yes. that's important to note, despite us kind of bashing her character a little bit. She's... Yeah, she's a, she's very caring, right? She always wants Lars to be part of the family. And she wants to maintain a better relationship with him. Even so far as to say, so asking Lars to live with him and or her and Gus. So she's like, you know, why don't you move out of the garage and come live with us, mm-hmm. right? Um, we have a spare room. It'll be fine. And yeah. so so she, she does really care a lot. And I think she makes up one of the more important people in a support network, which kind of shows later on when he goes to her for advice. Even if her brother, or sorry, Lars's brother, Gus, answers the door, he'll just awkwardly pause and wait and be like oh is karen there can she come yeah showing that he'd rather talk to karen despite her her aggressiveness but the thing with gus in his character is that i think he doesn't want to deal with lars right so Mm -hmm. lars and gus come from a very i want to say abusive household i think that was a storyline if not like emotionally absent like where emotionally absent so a lot of neglect yeah, so Gus left home as soon as he could. Lars, there was it was mentioned that Lars felt, you know, lonely. He felt, mm-hmm. in fact, abandoned in his lifetime. So my theory, uh, oh, sorry, we should probably preface this a little bit. Yeah. Lars in the story uh, purchased a sex doll, uh, Bianca, after being recommended by his, you know, co-worker of the product. Yeah. And he makes it to his girlfriend. He has a whole storyline. He pretends... Or lives in a delusion that, you know, she's real and that he eats for her, takes her out on dates, treats her like, you know, a real girlfriend. Except for a sex part, which is the whole point of sex doll. <laughs> but but he doesn't, though. Like, I, I think what he's lacking, and it shows because there's a scene where he was describing to Karen Gus that his girlfriend, Bianca, which is from, you know, out of town, she doesn't speak much English. Yeah. Um, but because she's super religious, 
can she stay oh, with yes. you guys in the main house while I sleep away from her in my in the garage? Right. Right. So despite her being a sex doll, I don't think he ever has sex with her. Yeah, it's true. Uh, I mean, Lars, it's as a character. One thing to know is that he is he is hypersensitive to touch. So anytime he is touching somebody, he feels a physical reaction where he flinches away. It's as if yeah. it's like touching a hot pan, like that kind of reaction. Yeah, he, he describes it as a burn, like actually to uh, to yeah. a doctor. So clearly, there's definitely intimacy relate, like intimacy issues with with uh, Lars, and that something that was just probably missing for his childhood. And going back to abandonment issues, I think Lars really leaned into Bianca as a girlfriend is because. A sex doll can't abandon you. It's li- it's literally just there, right? So I think Lars really leaned into that, or at least the story leaned into that harder, just because, you know, Lars has trouble finding attachment to different people, uh, whether it's his family members, coworkers, etc. Where I think with Bianca, because she can't run away, she can't abandon him, that he really buys into this delusion that Bianca's real and that he really wants to develop a relationship with this sex doll who can fulfill him in ways that you know that his other relations have like left a void. Exactly. I, I think he really does see this this doll or Bianca it as a means for him to cope with his loneliness. Mm-hmm. Right? It's a manifestation of his loneliness. I can't build a relationship with anybody else and it's bothering me. Um, and so if I make up this or have this delusion of this this girlfriend who can't ever leave me, then I feel better. And that's how he that's his way of yeah. dealing with his loneliness. Yeah. So Karen and Gus really try hard at being in a movie to try to snap him out of the delusion. And one thing that I've noticed, like in terms of people in delusions in real life, is that you can't help them if they don't want to be helped. Mm-hmm. Right, so and just as in the movie, they go with it, go along with it. I mean, I had a really interesting talk this week where I was talking to a friend online, and I'm like, "Oh, I'm getting a vaccine this week. You know, we're gonna, it's gonna be great." And then it's like, "Oh yeah, maybe we can finally get together and meet up after COVID ends, whenever that is. It's like indefinite at this point in time." And we're all vaccinated. He t- and he tells me, "I don't believe in the vaccine," and I'm like, "Okay, like, is there a particular reason why?" He's yeah. like, no, I, it's just in my principles to not get the vaccine. He would rather he would rather commit suicide than have a vaccine. I'm like, okay, wait. like, wait. I asked him, what what's the parallel between like how do you draw this parallel between a vaccine and suicide? And so, you go ahead. <laughs> no, no, no. You finish first. I'll ask my questions. I have a lot of questions right now. Sure, sure, sure. So like, he is like. I don't know. I feel like it's just a lot of things happen in his life. There's a lot of trauma, but he lives this delusion where every the whole world is against him. And honestly, I don't know how to help him. I've tried to talk to him many times. Uh, he thinks professional services again. He would rather commit suicide than talk to a therapist. And I'm like, I don't really know what to do with him anymore. But like, you know, I can only offer so much as a friend. I can offer you emotional support. But if you don't want help and you're miserable and you're so toxic to yourself but you don't want to find help I don't know what else you can do for you right except just roll along with it and support where I can so so I guess 
and I don't know if you know all the answers, obviously, but sure. is he an anti-vaxxer and, and why? See, this is the thing, though. I, I've had several conversations with people who are like, are you getting a vaccine? No. Why aren't you getting a vaccine? I don't want to. It's like, they actually take it as a personal attack if you mention anything that, you know, if you label them remotely as anti-vaxxer. Because anti-vaxxer is a huge, like, negative connotation to it, right? So they get really offended and they get really, like, you know upset that you're labeling them that way or even insinuating that they're an anti-vaxxer but it's like but when your actions reflect that of anti-vaxxer whether you have that label or not so i'm like i and like so here's the thing with these stubborn people and what i find is that if you call them out on it the idea the the, the knee-jerk reaction isn't hmm let me think about your answer and why you're saying it the way you are the knee-jerk reaction is i need to double down on this i'm definitely not getting a vaccine now you're wrong. I'm right. I'm not doing it, right? There's no, there's no rational thinking. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I just, I just don't understand. Like, is it because like you don't trust it, or like I don't know? I'm, I'm trying to understand. Uh, me, me neither. But like, <laughs> I've asked them. Like, what's the deal? It's just like I just don't want it. I, it's against the principles. I don't feel like it. I'm like, like you're not outwardly psycho crazy like some people I've seen online. But at the same time, it's like I don't know what else to call you, a person with a non like a person who doesn't want the vaccine. I don't know how else to call it, but an anti-vaxer, <laughs> right? But I'm not gonna push the narrative any further with them, right? I'm not yeah, gonna yeah. I'm not trying to deteriorate friendships here, uh-huh. right? But at the same time, it's like there are resources available for you. Do you not hear of countries literally falling apart yeah. as we're speaking because they don't have access to the same healthcare that we do? And you're out here saying no to a vaccine. So do they get flu shots? I don't know. I'm like, I'm sure you've had a shot before. Like you haven't died of measles or, you know, smallpox. <laughs> I'm sure you've had a shot at some point. But that's the thing, it's, though. It's, it's like, it's, I, I, don't, I don't know how to reason with people, especially those who are extremely stubborn, that their knee-jerk reaction is, I, if you're calling me out, I need to double down just so that I'm right. Huh. Right? Interesting. Yeah, I don't understand what's the, what's the deal with like people doubling down on this. Like, what who are what are you winning? What prize are you winning from not taking a vaccine? It's backed by science. Yeah. It's it's here to help you not die. Yeah. But my friend rather he would rather commit suicide and die than take the vaccine, or rather he'd rather be killed off by the by the virus than take the vaccine. Yeah. I'm like, I don't know if this is just like self destructive behavior that definitely needs professional services. Or what is it? But again, yeah. As I say with anybody, like I can only help you if you want to be helped. It's an uphill battle. We're adults. We all have so many things to do. Like I'm here for you. I'm here to help you and support you. But there has to be a give and take, right? If you don't want it and you're fighting me when I'm trying to help you, honestly, I'm I'm cutting my losses. I really don't have the energy the mental capacity to sit through this with you. Mm-hmm. And that makes that might make me a bad friend. And I accept that. Right. But at the same time, I just have way too many other responsibilities and things to consider and to sit down with you and talk about something that should be obvious. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think as with like in any case, really, you, you can't help people unless they're ready. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's the thing with Lars, right? In, in the movie. Yeah. Is that he, he will continuously double down on his delusion despite Gus saying, She's a doll. And he's like, yeah. 
oh, you know. He just doesn't hear, like selective hearing. Exactly. Out, hear it, uh, you know, in the left ear, out with the right. Yeah. Right? So I think folks who live in this delusion, they come to realization eventually, and then maybe they'll reach out. And Lars does too, right? As he finds support yeah. in his community, he finds more acceptance from his peers. We The interesting phenomenon happens where Bianca, being a sex doll, begins exhibiting illnesses yes. and symptoms of like like of terminal diseases yeah and it's to the point where like he starts having fights with her like it was mentioned that in the beginning she's just their relationship is great but in his mind he starts having conflicts with her as he becomes closer with like again his community so they start having fights she gets sick and uh spoilers by the end of the the film mm-hmm. bianca dies yeah. And it's it's sad for him. Like you, you see him actually sad. He's crying. He's he's very disrupt, yeah, or distraught by by this loss of his his girlfriend. And by the way, he even proposed to her, but she said no. That that was the interesting part. I'm like, yeah, your 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 girlfriend, your delusion, yeah. said no to your proposal. Yes, I think that's his values about Lars's insecurity about himself. Right, he feels like. I, th- I think that I think that's part of it, right? It's just, it speaks volumes on how his confidence level, which is like in the abyss. There is no confidence, yeah. Yeah. right? That even in his own delusions, people like people in his delusions don't accept him, don't love him, don't fully embrace him. Yeah, and but yeah, go ahead. I think I looked at this at his rejection of the proposal and like from a couple different points of view. One is like the confidence thing, as you mentioned, and. Maybe the so the second part was, it seems like he's having an internal conflict with himself, mm-hmm. uh, as he begins to realize that oh I do have people who care about me I have friends I have family that that do love me and care about me, and so I might not need Bianca anymore. Yeah, and Bianca and so, as a result dies. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So he needs a way to, a I guess quote unquote natural way, mm-hmm. for Bianca to exit his life. And so the way he resolves that in his, I guess, subconscious is that Bianca gets sick and dies. Mm -hmm. And so despite it hurting him and him being sad, it's also a symptom of him recovering, so to speak, Mm -hmm. or becoming more... Socialized. uh, (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And accepting of of his peers and his friends. Yeah. Uh, So I I don't know. It's, It's getting hurt to get better, I guess. Yeah. And I love that Lars finds self-acceptance, but the hard, mm. the stark reality is that people like Lars in real life, they usually get to a point in adulthood where they don't get the support they need. They don't have a loving community that's willing to put up with, like, dealing with Bianca. Like, like Gus and Karen give Bianca, like, daily showers and baths. Yes. Like, actual... And closer. <laughs> yeah. And, like, people in the community take her out on dates, events... She has a social life, right? Without, uh, yeah. without uh, Lars. Yeah. And I thought that was like interesting. It's like the community really loves and support Lars, and maybe this is a like, very rural region th- phenomenon. But small town, you would never find like as we discussed earlier. I don't know my neighbors, right? This was <laughs> this would not happen in a larger, uh, more urbanized area, even the suburbs. Yeah. This is not. This would not happen. So yeah. I mean, like. So for real life people who are like Lars, who are hyper antisocial, who are shut-ins essentially, 
they might go through life not having, you know, the support that Lars would get and they would maybe rely on actually marrying a sex doll, which I think has already happened. I think it is, I think it's already happened before, right? So in terms of that, what do you think of people projecting like artificial relationships to inanimate objects as a way of finding kinship, companionship, and intimacy? I think it's a sad thing. And I think my feeling towards it is similar to that of like, a relationship with an AI where except it's it's worse in that I would say it's even more harmful than having a relationship with an AI. At least uh, the AI why? can like soundboard you and like actually have thoughtful conversation. Yeah. So it, yeah, exactly. If the AI is so human-like, then it's kind of like talking to the person and you can make the argument that you're actually having a real social interaction, so to speak, yeah. despite it being, you know, a robot or an AI. Yes. But here it's like, you know, you know, people have pet rocks. Yes. <laughs> right. I think that's already a phenomenon that's happening. Right. Or if you look at like. Pet rocks is like so 20 years ago, dude. Who has pet rocks anymore? Like, yeah, but, that, but that was the thing, though. The fact that it even became a thing. I feel like. Okay. I think pet rocks was before our time. I think it was still in t- on TV shows, but it was before our time. Our pet rocks were probably Tamagotchis. Yeah. There you go. But, right again, but doesn't yeah. doesn't does it doesn't take away from the fact that it is still building a relationship with an inanimate object and feeling you know, like having a relationship because you did care about your tamagotchis and there was I think yeah. a sense of uh, sense of despair, sense of loss when a tamagotchi died because you <laughs> yeah when it started <laughs> or you didn't clean it enough yeah or I lost it in my drawer somewhere and by the time I found it it was too late it was dead <laughs> yeah I didn't um, I didn't realize till later on that tamagotchis can die. <laughs> I don't know how many you've lost. But then again, I was the type of kid that would just like press a reset button, like, on, like you know, uh, on, like on the fly. It's like, oh, I feel like resetting today. <laughs> so I did it. I, I don't. So I don't think I developed that sense of intimacy with my Tamagotchi. Oh, I did. I was, I was genuinely very sad the first time I died. I'm like, wait, what? Wait, why is there a gravestone? I don't understand. Why is there a gravestone? Oh, oh, oh. No. Oh shit. I was so sad. Anyways, going back to the whole Lars and the real girl thing, let's say there's a real life person that, you know, develops yeah. a relationship with an inanimate object. And again, it, it does happen to people who perhaps didn't grow up with the best environment where they went through schooling, uh, being an outcast and not being supported by the communities. And we're, we're definitely seeing more supports and more, you know, opportunities for students to really build camaraderie. But there will always be students who are outcasted for one reason or another. Right, that's just an unfortunate part of our society where there are echelons of you know society, like we discussed earlier, where there will always be someone on the bottom and they will always be the ones outcasted. So, like, if someone actually has, has relationship with a sex doll in real life, you know, you, I think I agree with you. It is worse, right? Is it possible that we're gonna see a rise in this as we become more distanced and having fewer social interactions with each other? Uh, possibility verdict. I think yes. Uh, but not necessarily with sex dolls per se, but we're already see we're already seeing it with like, you know, anime waifus and husbandos, <laughs> right? People are investing I, I so. <laughs> like even with like VTubers, people are spending like hundreds and thousands of dollars to please their two D pick PNG, or even like having these parasocial relationships with like YouTubers. They're, they're not a real relationship, but you're paying and supporting them because you think of them or you treat them as if they're your girlfriend. Or your significant other. That's interesting. I I don't know if I'd necessarily compare it with like a YouTuber. Sure. At least they're like 
So you like, know they're real. Okay, let's let's let, let, let's let's take away that. Let's just say yeah. the whole character <laughs> from anime or two D character from your video game. Yeah, you treat them as if they're your girlfriend. You have like a little yeah. shrine in your quarter room, and we know yeah. that people have shrines of a character in their room. <laughs> right. I have a little thing back there, but that's not a shrine. It's literally just a toy collection. But I know, I, I guarantee you, somewhere around the world, oh, someone yeah. has a shrine of just like this anime girl or anime guy, just like just a whole shelf dedicated to them. Oh, yeah. No, I bet. Like posters, action figures, the, the whole works. I bet. I think it's scary. And uh, I'm kind of conflicted in the same in the same rule of thumb or my personal rule of thumb, which is, is it hurting anybody? If it is then it's a no-no. Right. If it's not, then maybe it's okay. And we should just let pe- leave people be and let them do as they wish. Right. But in this case, I, again, it's he's hurting himself, right? And he's hurting his his family relationship with his, with his family members and, and his friends, if, if they have yes. any. Yes. Right? And, and so this is where m- maybe it's not okay. Maybe we need to work it out somehow. I mean, can we not say the same with like her and his relationship with his AI where it's also hurting with his like it's hurting his relationships with his, you know, inner circle of people? I guess in some degree. But so in both her and Lars, though, I'll I'll start with Lars, actually. Sure. I think early on, they both Karen and Gus seeks help from a psychologist Mm -hmm. to see what they can do. And and one of the questions that the psychologist asks is, uh, well, is it disrupting his life? Like, it, it, what, what about going to work? Is he not going to work anymore? And I think to some degree, his life has some level of normality. And he seems happier, at least in the beginning. Yes. Right? He seems happier. He's actually talking to people more at work because he's feeling good about himself, feeling confident, feeling more comfortable. And so in that sense, it hasn't been really hurting him. It's It has been creating a burden, again, on the community and the family because mm-hmm. they have to accommodate and take care of Bianca. Yes. But for him, it seems like it's okay, at least for a little while, until things start going bad. Mm-hmm. In the case with her, I, I see that's the thing. The her is a little bit more blurry, I think, because mm-hmm. he treats her like, well, like a girlfriend would, or like a, or like would a friend or a girlfriend. Sure. In that he talks with her and you know has goes on dates with her, yeah. uh, but other times he's at work and he's not connected with her or mm-hmm. he's. Uh, visiting his friend, which which he does to talk about his type of relationship. So in that sense, she's just a part of his daily life. I don't think he's so hooked onto Samantha that it's disrupting the rest of his life. Mm. He's incorporating her as part of his life yeah. rather than taking over it. I mean, I also think it's equally possible, like not in the case of Theo per se, but for an average person, could it consume someone's life? Oh, yes. I think so. Right. Yes. So taking this into a real-life scenario where we're talking about not the characters in the, or the protagonists in the, yeah. each of the stories, but rather in real life, I think, to a degree, are these both pause plausible? Yes. And can it, it be damaging to your to their relationships for, in terms of family members, friends, and inner circle people? Yes. Yeah. But can there be benefits uh, of it? And the answer is, I think, also yes. Right, they can help them fill a void, perhaps in areas that that cannot be fulfilled otherwise. Yeah. Um, I guess in a day is, and I guess analyzing this one because we said it's okay. Like I think Lars and real girl, sorry, uh, her, 
we said that, you know, as long as it's not hurting anybody, it's just them. I guess it's okay in that, you know, we leave them be. But would you say it's okay for Lars to be, or any person to be kind of dating an inanimate object and bringing them around? I think he gets the, I think in the case with Lars and dating an inanimate object and carrying them throughout their entire life, like wherever they go, I think that can get to a point where it's too disruptive. I mean, I think I would say the same with like her as well, right? It's the same yeah. thing. You would just it just be something you add to your routine, something you someone you would see every day. I would say it's so, almost akin to like having children too. It's like it's just something you add. I mean, no, no children is completely different from a sex doll or whatever it is, <laughs> right? But it's like if it's just something in the routine, is it that bad? Like, how, I don't see how that being too too bad. Yeah. But again, just like with her and Lars and a real girl. Both of these relationships are probably going to deteriorate and erode their ability to interact with other people. So I think the point that I touched on is is kind of what I want to get to, which yeah. is I would lean on no, but sure, it depends on how severe or how much they are in affecting their life by mm-hmm. this either AI, this OS, or the inanimate object. Mm-hmm. If it's consuming their life, and affecting their ability to live within society significantly, sure. then that's at a point maybe it crosses a line and it, something needs to be resolved here. Mm-hmm. But if they're only spending maybe, I don't know, like say 30 minutes a day to entertain this idea, uh, and they're still able to you know go to work, go to school, have relationships with their friends and family, and do all that other stuff, then m- maybe, you know what, you do you. It's it's not bothering anybody. It's not harming anyone at that point. Maybe then it's okay. Yeah. So, I mean, like, it's just like having any relationship. You know, if you want to keep it personal and you keep it personal, I mean, I wouldn't know any better. Sure. You do. You. Yeah. Like, you know, you want to have a long-term relationship with a 2D waifu. Okay. By all means. Right. You might tell me you like that. Like, okay, cool. Like, you know, as long as you're not telling me to do it as, a, do it as well, when I don't agree with it, then that's a different story. Right, but as long as again, it's just something you enjoy, something that you want to do, and that you're, you know, as you yum, I'm not gonna yuck it, right? It's it's like with any hobby, if you want to stretch it, right? Yeah, for sure. If for sure, if someone plays video games six hours a day, yeah. and skips school and skips work and doesn't talk with anybody else, then yeah, it's probably not a good thing. Sure. But if you're just playing like a couple hours on the weekend here and there, or maybe like an hour a day or something, and it's it's you're managing it, you're still living your life. Yeah. And you know, it's just a hobby. Sure, why not? Yeah. If you're getting everything you need to do in life done while doing that, and like by all means, game all day if you want, as long as you're getting everything else in the mesh as well. Mm-hmm. For sure. So I think like I guess to end off, it's like, you know, in both these scenarios, I guess Lar I guess like her and her in the case of Theo and her, they're not really living a delusion. But in a real life scenario, it could be a delusion, right? Where they're they're having relationships with say an AI, a phone, or an inanimate object. Like I said with myself and my other friend, I just keep our friendship at a very superficial level, right? I don't really di- deep dive into topics like, you know, the delusions just because I don't want to entertain it and it's really draining to have those conversations. But is that necessarily the, should you intervene with delusions or do you let it ride out until they want to, like, you know, adjust their lifestyle? I think that's tough. I think, so the idea is that or at least the potential is that if you don't deal with it early, 
it can get worse and worse and worse until to the point where it becomes harmful. Mm-hmm. But going back to our earlier point, if it's not harming anyone at this point and it's just something that's, you know, kind of like a side hobby or something like that. Yeah. I guess I should just leave it as it is and just you do you. Yeah. It's tough. I actually don't know the answer to that one. I don't. Because I, I would want to leave it to them and just maybe quote unquote monitor it. If it gets worse, then yeah. maybe I'll step in. But if not, then you continue doing your own thing, whatever. Yeah. I think it's rough though, because like, you know, as a as a friend, you'd want the best for your for your colleagues and your friends. But at the same time, it's like you are but one person. And yeah. if they're gonna double down when you address things, then you know, what can you do? Yeah. And like at the same time, like maybe who am I to say what is better for them, right? Yeah, I for yeah maybe, maybe the vaccine is a hoax. Maybe we're all just yeah. injecting liquid death in us. <laughs> with, with the vaccine, I don't think it's quite the, that's quite the same thing. But, I know, but you yeah. know. I, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I get your point. But with, with something like a relationship with, uh, with an OS, who am I to say what's right and what's wrong? Like I ain't the, like, it's the new. all-seeing Yeah, you're right. It's new. It's different. Maybe it is a way of the future and we're just not cosmic brain level yet. Yeah. Yeah. So like, I I can't pretend to, to be the all knowing person and the always right person. So I could be the one that's wrong. So I have to, I guess it's just something I have to accept. Yeah. So I guess to like conclude, I guess in terms of these relationships that we talked about today, these movies, are they possible futures that we, we could see? I think we're already seeing it. Like it's it's happening, yeah. just to, to lesser degrees, but it's 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 an ongoing process, and we're we might reach the level of Lars and Real Girl and her in the future, maybe not, but we'll see how that goes. But I am curious to see how society evolves over the next few decades and see where we end up at. And we're still doing the show like ten years from now. I want to see like <laughs> I want to revisit and see like okay, how has life changed? Yeah, are we there? I mean, okay, hell, like, even if we take take a look at what's life after COVID, if that ever happens, yeah. uh, I'd be very interested to see how things change. Honestly, at this point, COVID is going to be a new flu. That's that's my prediction. It's Maybe. just like, it's just something we have to get shot for every year, right? You get your flu shot, here's your COVID shot, you're good for the year. Adios. It could be, it could be. But it, like, if if that's actually going to be the case, I don't know if I'm too bothered by that. Well... First of all, I don't, I, me and myself, I don't get the flu shot every year. Right. Sometimes I'm just like, I'll tough it out. And maybe I do get the flu, maybe I don't. I think with COVID, it's just so fresh that we don't fully understand the repercussions. Yeah. Right? With the That's flu. That's different. Yeah. With the flu. It's a lot more contagious. The flu is just like, you get a cold, you get knocked out for a day or two, but you're fine yeah. afterwards. Yeah. Right? But Most COVID, people don't die from the exactly. flu. Exactly. Well, you know, a lot of people do die from the flu, right? But... It's just that we have better Medicare in uh, Canada that we don't have to worry about death. Yeah. Right. If we got I would really... say, yeah. Right. We're, we're lucky enough that majority of the people, at least in Canada, do yeah. not die from the flu unless yeah. you're already compromised or you're really old or something. Yeah. But flu is one of the leading killers, like annually. I, I think I did hear about that too. Yeah. I think next to like heart disease. Yeah. It's one of the biggest. Um, but it, I guess in the case of, COVID, I think the, the effects are very real and much more severe and much more immediate as well, regardless of age, you know, older folks getting it. But um, I hear many stories about younger folks as well, like in the 30s or 20s, they get 
uh, some permanent damage because of COVID. Right. So. Right. So we definitely want to see more research. I think even with these artificial relationships, should they come to fruition? I would like to see like studies and I want to see. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Right. Cause right now we're just making like conjecture. We're just making predictions based on what we know of humans, yep. social interactions and how, you know, how, how our relationships work. But for all we know, maybe this is the future. Maybe this is for the better. Right. But until we get there, until we see like evidence, until we see studies on it, um, who knows? We'll see. Yeah. I maybe guess we'll maybe see. your grandchildren will be dating robots by the time you're like 60. <laughs> Somehow I still hope they won't, but uh, who knows? Wow. <laughs> so you're going to say, Gr- Gr- Grandpa Martin, uh, I'm dating uh, Alfred, this uh, android. I'll be like, where, where did you buy it? <laughs> <laughs> That's your question. And, and and how did how did your parents allow you to buy it? <laughs> I'm gonna have a a chat with them. <laughs> There's nothing. What if it's just for companionship purposes, Martin? Gosh, you can't even let your grandchild have a companion. I mean, as long as it keeps it to to just like maybe a companion level, like a, but look, what, a really what, smart. But to your to your point, you know, what if it's not really hurting anybody? You know, what's that's the issue? Yeah, as long as they still have friends. If yeah. it gets to the point where it's their only friend, then maybe not. Yeah, we'll see. It's all it's all big maybes. Yeah. But to end off though, we definitely see these aspects of these movies happening. Uh, we see them as a, I think it was a possibility. It's a very interesting possibility, right? To see how it's very like, real possibility, very real possibility for sure. Is it for the better in some ways? Maybe for those who are you know lacking that void, but in other ways, definitely not. Right, in terms of the whole social deterioration process, which is happening anyways with us being glued to our phones. So, you know, we were maybe we're already three ways there. Who knows? Like, you know, the world is screwed. It, it's <laughs> it's gonna burn down in 20, 20 years, I'm telling you. Fantastic. I I'm just having that meme in my head right now with that uh that dog and he's in a building and everything's on fire around him. Oh yes. This is fine. This is fine. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that's exactly the world we're we're living in, right? You know, just yeah. we just got extension of COVID. I'm like, yeah, the world is literally burning around me. Yeah, this, this is fine. Is fine. <laughs> <laughs> okay, folks, that's gonna wrap up our episode this week. Uh, thank you for tuning in again and hearing our thoughts on random nonsense on Lars and Real Girl and her. Uh, I personally do recommend the movies. Maybe less her, but more Lars and a real girl. I think that was was more interesting. But you're, if you're into softcore porn that Martin evidently is into, uh, definitely check out Lar- uh, her as well. No, I, I'm gonna have to say her is more interesting for me. I think it the way they film it, uh, porn. The the way they film it, the way the acting acting is phenomenal. Um, again, Joaquin oh, Phoenix, yeah, I'm sure, amazing I'm sure, actor. I'm sure, I'm sure the acting is yeah. like, what what uh, what turned you on. It's uh, I think I think it's more interesting as a film. Maybe it's also because more recent. Although Lars is interesting as well, so yeah, I would they're, recommend they're, they're both. both interesting. If you don't Watch mind both. like softcore porn, uh, Lar- her. Uh, her guys, is not her is not bad either. It's not the if you guys watch Game of Thrones, and I'm just gonna go on a whim and say that majority of our viewers have seen Game of Thrones I uh, some still level. Have not. <laughs> so Dan will be the the black sheep, but um, black sheep. I'm gonna go on a whim and say yeah, most of you guys have already watched some degree of Game of Thrones, and so you've seen you've seen far worse than what her is gonna. Uh, show you, although it's it's more auditory than visual. <laughs> yeah, 
Do watch it. Watch both. Watch both. Yeah. But anyways, folks, that is our episode of Artificial Relationships this week. And until next time, folks, have yourselves a great time in this this is fine world. The world is burning, (laughs) but it's fine, I guess. Be safe. And stay stay fine. Stay fine. We'll talk to you guys real soon. Bye-bye. Bye, guys.